Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of the How We See Things podcast. I am Stisman Manex, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan Stark. Hello, hello. Who's back from what seemed like a lovely vacation in, in Greece. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Athens. Yeah, yeah it was nice. Yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's good, good food. Um, good, good group, good vibes. So, yeah, highly recommend if you can get away, take away some time. Yeah, no, that's the, I was about to say that that's your cue to anyone listening. You know, if if you felt like you needed time off for any reason, take it, man. If you can't, if you can go to a picturesque place like like Greece, even even <laughs> better. Um, you know, but yeah. yeah, but but yeah, but that's that's that that's all well and good. We're 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 glad to be back. You know, um, someone who definitely wouldn't be taking any trip to an island anytime soon oh. is the orange man also known as also known as donald trump the former um, the former president the former president the 45th president 45. of the united states arguably the most popular person on planet earth right now that's funny. um yeah no because like he, he was always a celebrity and uh, becoming president just kind of like I mean, I'll, put him, I'll probably put him in the top three right now. Um, you have to say that there's the Iron Man in, in, in the Russian Peninsula, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who is also infamous for, for very undesirable reasons. And then, um, I don't know, maybe Nancy Pelosi after her visit what? to Taiwan, no, no. maybe. Um, no, no. The Pelosi fact, stuff is very inside three, baseball three. now. Top three, top three. Um, no, I, 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 I don't think Pelosi even ranks. Like, the Pelosi stuff is inside baseball. Like, only people who really pay attention to politics and international relations care or know that Nancy Pelosi, you know, went to went to Taiwan. And and I think even, even the putting thing to an extent, people kind of know that there's a war in Russia, like in Ukraine. Uh-huh. Or like, I'm talking about like the lay person, like a lay person somewhere. But every, everybody knows Trump. Trump, before, before he became president, he was already like, you know, a celebrity. And yeah. now, like his president is super famous. Yeah, but, no, like, no, no, know, no. I, I think, like I said, I think he's. In, I just said he's in the top three because, well, yeah. maybe whether or not he's number one, I guess it depends on the time of day. You know, today may well be may may well be Anthony Taylor, mm. the the referee of the Chelsea <laughs> and Tottenham game, who might be trending as as the top three villain in the world today yeah. um, after some dubious decisions. You, and, 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 and Anthony Taylor is probably the most. It's probably as as far as like auto generated like you know like English names you can get like so I mean names, yeah and names like Anthony Taylor Mark Johnson you know like yeah, who's I know, I know. which one is specifically you talking about um, I mean with that his bald head so he yeah. stands out stands yeah out no, but, but, but yeah Trump Trump is definitely not going to be on an island anytime soon because his residence in Florida. Um, known as Mar-a-Lago, was oh. raided by the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI. Um, Trump, yeah, for, for like the second or third time in the last like five years, Trump is being charged with some crimes. Um, like Trump, Trump is like, he's under investigation in, in Georgia, in New York. He was, also, was under investigation like twice or three times during his presidency. I mean, we. I mean, we live through Clinton, right? We live through Clinton, so we we we've seen a president with some scandals, but this takes the cake. Like, not, this, this not is, quite like this. This is Clinton something special. Had, Clinton had one major ultra super scandal 
but like a, a bunch of like smaller, smaller like you know things like like smashing around. Trump's, Trump's entire existence has been one scandal after another. Um, mm. The latest, the latest version of the scandal is you know Trump is actually being charged. He's being charged with crimes. So there was a warrant, um, and like the way the law works, you know. Um, um, here in the U.S. is that like, you know, an, an officer or law enforcement determines that they have probable cause to suspect that somebody is committing a crime or that, you know, a residence is being used to facilitate crime or crime was committed in a residence. And so they go to a judge and say, hey, judge, we you know we believe X, Y, and Z. We need would you give us a warrant to search this um, property. So yep. they did. And the charges that, that Trump is... Uh, are being like the charges that like you know he's being um um potentially like you know accused of uh, one obstruction of justice um two mishandling of government records that's like gross negligence oh. and the big one the tricky one is is espionage um so basically the story was that like somewhere along the line when trump was leaving the oval office he took a bunch of documents with him yep back to his house some of his defenders have suggested, you know, who among us has not taken classified documents? Home? And I think that's where we need to, like, that's where we need to, like, just do a bit of, a bit of, like, just a quick, like, this, this is, this is established practice that U.S. presidents specifically don't do that because there is an act of um, Congress. I was going to say an act of Parliament, but there is, in effect, a statute. There's a law for mm. for one of a better term that says that due to the particularly sensitive nature of their role as president of the United States, and especially in issues of national security, they are, and that's why there was this whole hoopla with Hillary Clinton's emails, if you remember mm. when she was running for president. Yeah. Presidents aren't asked to do a lot in terms of their personal kind of what I would call um, professional conduct. But the main thing they're asked to do is essentially protect the national interest, right? Yeah. And their activities in terms of handling of documents, handling of state documents, is crucial to the way the United States run. And if you think about it, in terms of continuity, how does it make sense for files and files and boxes and boxes of documents from what I could see from the TV shots, from the Reuters photos, from CNN, from MSNBC, from Fox, you know, I saw all three. So yeah, for balance. There were boxes and boxes of this stuff. Um, it's one thing for him to take home, you know, a folder, you know, or forget a jacket um, in his in his fold in his you know box or whatever. You know, it's but it's, to, it's to, even, to pack boxes of stuff, you know. Yeah, no, it's, that it's might one be thing to the take, next government. It's crazy. It, it's one thing to take documents, like in general, and you know, Trumpers and his supporters would argue, which technically they are sort of correct, that the president is the ultimate declassifying authority. So the president uh -huh. has, you know, there are levels of classification. There's like, you know, the secrets. It is confidential, secret, top secret. I think there's like two more levels after top secret. Uh -huh. And then there's like the final ultra mega, like super secret like level. The president is, is you know, and depending on your clearance, your government clearance, you have access to certain like types of documents. Yeah. The president is the ultimate, basically. But the way system of the way the US system of government works is that they are like processes and procedures that the president has to follow to declassify something. So yeah. you, you can't just what they're effectively arguing, what some Trumpers, so like, you know, Stephen Miller, Kash Patel, the one TV arguing that like, you know, Trump can just be taking a dump and call somebody and says, hey, this is declassified and that makes it declassified. Yes, and they're trying to turn Trump into some kind of like 
Yeah, it just doesn't like work figure. like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Um, but like, it, it, there might be a better like situation on which you take documents with you because people do take work like home. It does happen. You take work home. You print out something that you know is confidential to your company, but you're busy and you want to be able to still work on it. Like mm -hmm. at home, where you're working on a presentation or or a memo, and you print it out so you can make a date. And I said, "Wow, why are you at home?" That happens, but you take care to, you know, make sure the documents don't fall into the wrong hands. Yeah. And and the most important part is that if you are asked to return the documents, mm. you return it. So, so for some more backstory on the origin of this beef, the way this beef started is that like there's something called the National Archives, basically. And they work in tandem with presidents to say, okay, Mr. President, you're leaving, you're leaving with a bunch of documents. Okay, let us run a checklist, basically. And let's check what you have versus what the records exist, you know, yes. available. And let's yeah, let, let's know what you have. Everybody, what all the former presidents, every single person has complied with the behavior of, you know, of with normal human being behavior. Okay, I'm <laughs> taking these documents home. This is why I have with me. This is why I don't have. Check yeah. all the boxes, blah, 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 blah. But for Mr. Trump, first and foremost, they had to pursue Trump to get the documents. When he now finally gave them some documents, they now discovered that among the documents that Trump took to his house with him were top secrets, like SSI, SSC, what they call it, super classified documents. Yeah. So they referred the matter to the Justice Department. Like, hey, you know, Justice Department, come and investigate this situation. What's going on here with Trump? Justice Department, first of all, was having like normal conversation with Trump, treating him with the respect that the president deserves. You know, uh -huh. they were having meetings with them in Mar-a-Lago. You know, and I think I, I think the situation was every time they would go, they would leave with some more documents. So it was clear that like for for one reason or the other, Trump did not want to return. Yeah, he seemed like he had, he had he had a room full of boxes apparently. He had a room full of boxes, <laughs> different rooms full of boxes. And I think they had they had access to surveillance footage that showed that like after one visit, after one of the visits that Trump that the FBI made to Trump's office, they, they moved or they moved some boxes around again. Um, which is what which is what which is what is like getting what they're getting into with the mishandling, espionage, and obstruction. That FBI visited this guy. After they visited him, footage shows that like they started moving, you know, kind of where police come to your house. They search. They didn't see what they were looking for. Yeah. By the time they're not leaving, you're not start going to bring it out from when you hit his ground. So, like, all sorts of shady behavior, you know, was going on. And then apparently, one of Trump's lawyers signed an affidavit telling the FBI that they provided him, they provided them all the documents, like, all classified documents. Oh, so, clearly, yeah. there was a lie there. Yeah. Uh, basically. And we now have this, like, word that was thrown around, basically, that, like, some of the classified documents are related to nuclear stuff oh, everybody knows exactly what that means yeah specifically but they just said nuclear and people are running with all sorts of speculations basically i mean um, i think to be honest we have to look at it from a holistic point of view mm -hmm. the national archives in conjunction with fbi i'm sure there's a this particular department of the fbi is probably not the sexy one that you see on your ncis and stuff yeah. these guys are probably you know kind of like special documents branch or whatever mm -hmm. and but this is very important. And it may not be, to be honest, people, I guess, you know, you can dislike the idea of someone, the personality of a person. Anybody that listens to this pod knows how we feel about Donald Trump. So mm -hmm. we don't need to go into that. So, but I don't say this to kind of exonerate him, but because it's nuclear, we don't know what nature that document is. What yes. is more important is the fact that he has failed to follow due process. He has come foul of a number of, 
laws in place and procedures in place that you rightly said every president before him, since they brought these laws in, have followed. I think these laws came in the 70s or 80s. So we've had how many presidents? 10, 12 presidents. Yeah. So he's not the first. And I think true to form, though, it just shows the disregard that this man has for established practice and procedures. Like even the president, speaking of Nancy Pelosi, I saw her give an interview and she said, nobody's above the law. And that's that has to be true because otherwise, what stops another individual from going into the White House and behaving in a similar way and doing worse when they leave in terms of documents. You know, what, what one needs to consider is, you know, it's one thing to say they've seen surveillance of documents being moved. How about destruction of documents? Um, yes, that's, a, that's, a, that's a gross negligence. Like mishandling of government records is one of the charges that like, you know, he's being, he's being, and apparently like, apparently Trump is, is a loudmouth person. Like he talks a lot. He's that's the kind a of person. He's the kind of person that like, not. You know, like it was like early on in the Trump administration where he had like some Russian, yeah, there was, in his remember office. That, we remember that there was meetings with people, there was phone calls, um, there was, and the thing is with government, there's a lot of stuff that for the government to survive and operate has to be classified, right? Yes. You can't share that information with the public because people just react, human beings tend to react, yep, and if you yep, told them yep. XYZ. They would react if everything they knew, if they knew really the substance of conversations. I'm sure a lot of people would, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, I mean, I remember right in the early days, definitely there was obviously talks about his friendliness with the with the Russian administration. Yeah, he, he had Sergei Lavrov uh, in his office, yeah. and I was talking about how he had just fired Jim Comey, who was former FBI director, because he was bothering him with all this Russia stuff, and. Now that he has fired, you know, Jim Comey, him and Lavrov can go on and be best friends. Or there was another story about how, like, he was talking, he was sharing, like, some kind of intelligence, like, with people that he wasn't intelligent about, I think, the Israeli government, with the Russians as well, that he had just seen. He's the kind of person who likes to, like, I, I don't know, everybody knows this kind of people in their life where, you know, if they know something or if they have one small bit of knowledge, that they will use it, like... You know, to shine. That, that's like clout, like, the clout chasers. The yeah, clout, like, chasers. clout the, chasers. The people who feel like that there's the way to stay relevant, and it's unfortunately like social media has created a lot more of those kind of people where they're just sharing what doesn't need to be shared. Like it's not every yeah. piece of information about you the world needs to know. Like you don't need to content contextualize. Essentially, turn your life into a series of you know yeah. headline grabbing content. Or attention grabbing content, like not, and not, like you not, say, not, you know, exactly. I watched um, The Apprentice US a couple of episodes, not I didn't watch a whole season, and it's that kind of character where he wants to be liked. Ultimately, Trump wants to be loved, Trump, Trump wants to feel cool, he wants to feel among, right? Yep. So, I can yep. imagine, like, and this is the thing, this is why people have the electorate has a very, very grave responsibilities. Shout out to our folks in Nigeria, like in advance of next year's elections. Like, mm. You really need to think about who you're choosing because when people were voting for Trump, I understand he might have, you know, seemed a particular, for those with a particular set of values, he seemed the only way to an end. The only way to meet means to a Republican president. I understand, I get it. I'm pragmatic enough to understand why they felt that. But Trump did a lot of <laughs> what I would call like, in terms of the statue of presidency 
and the role of presidency, he really eroded a lot of the respect and a lot of the... Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're things that you just don't expect a president to do. You know, that's, you're talking about... That's to us now. And, and they're, they're, they're codes of behavior, they're codes of standards. When you're meeting a foreign power, full stop, there are things as a president you shouldn't be saying. You know, you shouldn't be having discussions about, oh, I saw this piece of intelligence, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And this is someone who, at that time, at that early stage of his presidency, let's say, for example, you haven't really even established who's my friend, who's not on the international yeah. stage. You, 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 you have your relationships that are embedded for continuity stakes. Obviously, we know the US, special relationship with the UK, inverted commas, blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, with English-speaking Commonwealth countries, Australia, New Zealand, I'll assume they're strong. You have a strategic relationship with Israel, obviously, being your only ally or one of your only allies, should we say, Saudi, mm -hmm. in that region. You know, there are strategic relationships around the world. You need to be careful. So how are you now talking to Russia, who historically, <laughs> at the very best, you've had an arms-length relationship with and is actively always lurking? The Cold War cooled off, but it was say, never actually ended. I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple of things in response to that. The first one, you know, prior to Trump, I think... The, the two previous presidents, Bush and Obama, have attempted to, quote-unquote, reset relations with Russia. So, you know, U.S. presidents come into office promising or with a with kind of like I, I, idealism, basically saying that, okay, we will be the ones to repair the relationship with Russia, but it always kind of goes, you know, all right. So, in theory, you can't knock the Trumpers for, you know, on paper, on paper, seeking to you know have more friendly relations um with russia but 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 it wasn't being done that way and and it was kind of like blustering and the things that he admired about russia were the things that made russia yeah i I, I get your point and we're here on how we see things we we like to be objective obviously we're very opinionated that's the whole point of the podcast mm. but also we like to give those context and i think you do make a good point there yes barack obama and Bush sought to try and, at the very least, welcome Russia in from Bush. The Bush said he looked. Bush said he looked into Putin's eyes, <laughs> and he saw he saw a man of faith. <laughs> I, I mean, faith comes in many forms. So I mean, uh, it, it, it depends what you have faith in. So um, let's move swiftly past that point. Um, I, I don't. I still don't understand how Bush. Anyway. No, no, something I was something I was getting at was that like you yeah. know some of the things that you're describing with Trump that make him seem like, you know, an erratic or a bad president. I would argue that, like, a lot of those things are the things that endeared him to his supporters. The fact that he wasn't acting in a quote-unquote presidential manner. The fact that he wasn't as buttoned up. You know, because that, that was part of his appeal, that, you know, he it's speaks so like, funny. He it's speaks so like funny one of us. saying this to me, because obviously you're in the US, I'm in the UK. Yes. And we've spoken about Boris Johnson two episodes ago on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And these are the same sentiments that were being heard at the same time. Like, Boris Johnson is not stuffy. You know, look at him. He doesn't care about his hair. Yeah. He doesn't care for standards. He doesn't care for norms. He just does. He's just action man. He just did. He, he dealt with Brexit, even though he hasn't. And the economy is now in the toilet. You know, oh, look at him. He's just bluster, bluster, bluster. When COVID came, he, he was exposed as a man who couldn't lead a proper government. He, they were what, what what he was slow to act. He initially said, "Oh, let's let's just let the infection ravage." That was his initial, mm -hmm. you know, kind of talk. The Cobra, it's kind of like Security Council, I guess. 
the first few meetings, Boris Johnson didn't attend. Mm. He attended like the fourth or fifth meeting. Like, this is somebody who's style over substance. And in many ways, I guess there's that similarity. And to your point, I guess we need to talk about electoral responsibility. We really do need to start talking about electoral responsibility. No, no, you see, that, because that is when, at what point do we say you get what you vote for? Like, you actually opened your eyes as an electorate and you said, I see Boris Johnson, I see Donald Trump, right? I see these two men. They are not establishment. There was this whole idea at that time of, oh, no, we don't want establishment people. We don't want people who act like a prime minister, who act like a president. We want somebody who's different, who's proud, who stands with their chest up, who says make America great again, who says British only, British for British business. Who, you know, so it's this kind of weird exceptionalism that we had in the polity. And I mean, it's still there, definitely still there. Um, But I think it's like anything in life. The reality is every action has a consequence. You cannot put essentially a figurehead, a character to do a substantive job because at the end of the day... Sure you can. You, I mean, you can, but then you have to bear the representation as well. Yeah, you can. Yes. Like, what I mean is I'm speaking then that if you do that, you have to be ready you know, to bear the consequences. We are, we are making value judgments about the outcome that many people who support Trump would vehemently disagree with. So we're, we're describing a scenario where electing Trump led to bad outcomes. As far as many people are concerned, many people on the right of politics, mm. the worst thing about Trump was that he, he was a mean Twitter, that, he, that, he, he, that he, was, he was mean to people on Twitter, basically, and he was kind of noisy. I, I think the anti-establishment sentiment is here to stay. It has been kind of like brewing for a long time. So you see, like, you know, with presidents... It started from like like Bush, and so you, you started seeing this like attempt to portray them as like you know um, this, this idea that the president is rolling up his sleeves, you know, is hardworking as well. Um, there, there was this there's this political framing where they say people vote based on on who can I see myself having a beer with this person. So as a president, you want to come off as like intellectual, but not in a way that puts that puts off the common man. You understand? Mm-hmm. So you want, you want to try and strike a balance between coming off as the common man and showing that temperament enough to lead. Now, Trump, you know, leans too far into one side of it or just like being blustered. But the thing is, people are like, it's, it's, it's not just in the presidency, it's in media, it's in sports, like it's in entertainment. People are like, you know, craving some kind of like authenticity. And the people who are like, you know, the most successful, like the most popular now are people who give off that like, era of authenticity I, I i think like circling back to like the trump um um raid and like the politics around this the main issue you know the bone of contention is what could trump possibly like what is number one what is his reason for holding on to this document mm. but two what made the government take this extraordinary step of raiding his place because they had to have been aware of the politics, the backlash, the backlash yeah, political yeah. firestorm. So, like, you know, one somebody somebody attacked an FBI building in, in Ohio and was killed. Some guy, like, attacked the building there and was killed. The judge who, you know, approved the warrant basically had to have his information scrubbed from the internet because of, like, potential death threats. You know, um, the Republican Party has effectively coalesced around Trump before there were conversations about, oh, is Trump weakening? Is Trump versus DeSantis? Now it's clear everybody's behind Trump because Trump has... You know, Trump has always, like, part of his appeal has been, like, this victim status. But, like, now, with this raid, 
he can lean fully into the victim status. But like, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, you know, what your thoughts are on on how Biden? Okay, let me say Biden because Biden for all intents and purposes isn't. I mean, yeah, he was. No, no, no. You're right. Biden, Biden was briefed. The, the, the raid wouldn't have gone after the fact. After um, if I accept that story, he, he didn't know about it before. Oh, at the time. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, to be honest, yeah, politically, it's probably not ideal for him because unless, again, these documents are particularly... And I think we've spoken before about the legislative body of the Democratic Party and the executive body. And to me, there's still a bit of a disconnect there between... Biden, the president, which is ironic considering he did like 40 years or something, nearly 50 years in the Senate. But Mm -hmm. to me, there seems to be a more, there's more activism, should we say, in the legislature, right? Yeah, definitely. Vis-a-vis the executive, which is a bit more sedate, you know, kind of typical of the man, a bit more, let's see how things go. He's one to wait and pause rather than act on impulse. So I think it's very interesting to see, and obviously the FBI, theoretically should be independent um i i do have to wonder what exactly is in those documents it's hard to know really and i guess we won't we won't know really until it goes to the it goes to court and even then it will be what the court wants us to know that that's, will, will that's be released the in public. that's the problem so there's an how, how do you justify this really that's that's the challenge because from a political point of view i, I tend to agree with you you know looking at the Again, it's the coalescing. Again, one has to look at 2024. Let's look at it now. Um, Republicans have brought out this abortion issue. They've made it certainly at the forefront. You know, we talked about will it last till the midterms? Which, is a, loser, which is a loser for them. It's a loser for them. Let's, 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 mm-hmm. not, let's not mess about. They, they're going to lose seats because of that in both houses. So I think in some ways, this... Probably, like you say, it's all about solidifying behind the man. Because I remember when Boris Johnson had, um, there was a scandal about him, and um, they brought out this. There was a Chris Patterson scandal or whatever. Owen Patterson, sorry, which led to all these issues that he had, and then the Partygate stuff coming out. There was a vote of no confidence, and. I think back to the fact that essentially his chancellor stabbed him in the back, which is Sunak, by resigning. That kind of gave all the resignation. If they hadn't resigned, I'm, I'm, is that yeah. not to say that they're forced? The conservatives are forced to rally behind him because, and I'm just trying to look at, I'm trying to draw a parallel in terms of, in politics, it's either it's a fight or flight situation. Yeah. And the Republicans are probably looking at their situation. And they're like, well, this guy is still the most public, pub, um, pub, the most um, prominent Republican figure. Because usually when presidents go out of of office, it's always about, okay, a very sober reflection of what their time was. You get the feeling that people feel like Trump didn't get his time, you know? Yeah. Or certainly, you know, he's due, his story is not complete, so to speak. And he, he certainly feels that way, the way he's fashioned himself after his time in the White House, you know, how he still maintains a level of influence, um, how he still kind of, he, he still, you know, gives support to candidates. So anybody some, some on the wing of his party that wants to run will, will go to Mar-a-Lago for his blessing, so to speak. Um, so I think you definitely have a point there. And I tend to agree that 
in terms for the Dems, this is probably one that what can you actually win from this? Yeah, my, like, my, my, my history on, on this is a bit blurred, but I think there's only been a handful, only a handful of US presidents that were one-term presidents. Mm. Most of them did two terms, successfully so run for a second term. Yeah. yeah. And so by the time they are done, they can just go off into the sunset, basically. Um, but Trump didn't. Trump was a one-term president who couldn't get re-elected. Now, the starting point, you know, in terms of thinking about politics, like as you were talking about, is that like the narrative of Trump's loss to Republicans, it's not that he was defeated, mm-hmm. it's that he was cheated out of a victory. So pick your pick your pick your evil, whether it's Italian satellites that changed the votes, or it's Hugo Chavez, dead grandmother that voted somewhere, or it's you know um smartmatic that switched off votes in the middle of the night, or it's big tech or media. Basically, there is a narrative, there's an idea that Republicans are holding on to mm-hmm. that the last election was unfair and Biden the legitimate president. So let's start from there. Second point is that like a key tenet of Trumpism and conservative politics now is a sense of victimhood. Uh-huh. That as conservatives, you know, they are they are fairly treated, you know, they 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 are the they are the rightful heirs of the country and the West in general, but they are being unfairly treated by the left, by international organizations like the UN and you know um WHO and all that stuff. It's a global conspiracy against it's a global conspiracy, far-reaching conspiracy, and the media, you know, they are being they are being mistreated by the media and also the deep state. They are victimized by the deep state. Oh. So Trump ran effectively his campaign and his presidency on this idea effectively. So the 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 opponents of, of conservative politicians across the world now are, are fall along these four lines. The left, the social left, so people who are fighting for social justice, you know, um, um, equal rights for LGBT folk and, and representation for black people, international organizations like the UN, you know, and, and World Bank and stuff like that, the media, and, mm-hmm. it, and the deep state. So the deep state being the idea of a government within the government yeah. who is working towards the will of the people. This this Trump raid basically is the perfect, is the perfect, like, you know, um, example of or perfect like way for them to lean into the victimhood thing, essentially. So Trump has run with it, and Republicans have been forced, you know, because by the nature of their party, to come out in defense of Trump and to basically just because like the the premise of what they're saying, the Republican claim boils down to there is absent actual government nuclear codes being stolen or nuclear secrets being stolen to be shared with Saudi Arabia or Iran. There is nothing that justifies the FBI raiding Trump's home. That is absolutely, there's not absent like a clear this thing. But on the other side of that is that like, hey, there's such a thing as the rule of law. And yeah. presidents don't get to flout the rule of law. The politics, of, the politics of this are quite complicated because... I mean, again, my main issue here is how do you litigate this? Do you, is it essentially a situation where for millions and millions of Americans and the world, they now present every paper they've taken they can't do that you know it's 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 they'll always be and this is why i guess the victim like you so brilliantly set out the victim narrative is so effective because it's so hard to disprove um it's essentially a a theory that's concocted based on a misappre they basically misrepresent they are working backwards. So, so it's, it's proof to me that proof to me that you're not a murderer. Hello. 
like uh, do, do you see me like it's like yes and it's like i believe i believe you done a killer now prove to me that you're not a killer like oh. what, what and anything you say you, you're like oh like but i'm not how, how do i know i think you are oh but last night i was at home what are you doing at home i was with my wife oh your wife is not your wife which no life for you just and like that it's infallible circular logic yes. because they're working backwards from the conclusion the conclusion being that the fbi and these people are out to get us so there's so there's nothing that as i said absent like something really 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 i mean and i mean ultimately you know we want us to look at it this way we always questioned who released the supreme court docs and what were they who who benefited from that that. are we going to see a super leak are we going to see one of the documents you know mysteriously appear are we going to see something um i mean let's wait and see i mean if they could leak a supreme court judgment i I mean I, i i doubt it as well but i just think that the stakes are so high here because do you let them run with the narrative and do you let Trump run, especially if he's found to be cleared, if he's cleared of all these charges that they've brought? This is the biggest issue because then not only have you validated this victim mentality situation, you've given him a legitimate point because really and truly whoever authorized that raid should have really paused and thought about it because what you're but doing they, is... What do you think they did? I don't think... Well... I, I assume they did it on some level, but then I really do question who okayed it. And this is, I'm not really read up on FBI versus the like how it runs with yeah. the president and what they have to run by. But I'm not really read up on that. I don't really want to rely on my knowledge from no, no, other so, people. So, and NCIS, but no, so so uh, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's safe to assume that in 2022. Which is my belief. I think it's safe to assume that somebody in the White House must have given the go ahead, no? No, no, not necessarily the White House. Like, so it goes as high as the, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is an arm of the executive branch. Who's the Secretary of State for Defense or Justice? Sorry, no, that that would be the Attorney General. Who's the Attorney General at the moment? Merrick Garland. Um, oh, and, yeah. And yeah, Merrick, Merrick. <laughs> And, and the narrative around Merrick is that like Merrick oh, is no. so... wasn't Merrick the guy that they stopped um from being nominated for being Supreme Court, yes. Supreme Court. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that the only reason why Obama nominated Merrick Garland is because Obama felt like Merrick Garland was the most milk toast, the most non-aggressive, the most by the books, you know, because that's that, that's a handicap that people say you know the left has that the left is bound by institutions and yep. rules and yep. policy. Whereas, whereas the right is is you know more open to like strong men and people who can come and like you know destroy all the rules and just kind of make things happen or, or make things work. So like the stakes are high, rightly like like you said, yes, but they are high like in in different ways. On one hand, there is the danger, like the actual threat of violence. Like like I said, somebody was killed because they tried to attack an FBI office oh. all over the country. Crazy right wingers are carrying their guns. To go and protest, you know, um, in the FBI office, their their offices around the country. They have there has been like a concerted effort to misinform Americans about new IRS agents that are coming to come and take away their guns or something stupid like that. So like there is this frenzy that is being whipped up and this idea that oh, if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you. It's being executed is a legally approved search warrant. So so there are those things. There's also the political stakes, like the pure political stakes of that. Like this is going to, so like like Roe versus Wade energized Democrats. Roe versus Wade energized the left. Yeah. 
this is going to energize right. Oh, for sure. I don't. I, I don't think there's any doubt, and, and that's why I think that. And I hope the Democrats are putting their heads together. Um, yes, now they've told the president what was he going to do because one could argue he's in a tough spot because obviously he can't be seen to be separation of powers. Mm. The executive can't be seen to be. There's no exigent circumstances here. I don't think. Um, we can clearly see that there's boxes and boxes of files at the man's house. So, <laughs> Biden can't just say, oh, well, FBI, what were you doing? Um, well, sorry, Mr. President, off you go back to Mar-a-Lago, because there seems to be some sort of case to answer. There is a legitimate case to answer. And he also can't be seen to be putting pressure on the DOJ, at least on the face of things, to drop any case, because they've meticulously come up with these charges. So, yes. you know... There's a case to answer, but it doesn't favor him particularly for the but case to go now. forward. Now, How... is, is, it, is it in the best interest of all if, and that's what I'm saying, do we expect some sort of a leak or some sort of at least some well, sort we've of already, We've already gotten we've about already gotten the severity. Leaks. We've already gotten leaks. One, one such leak was, was what I said about like when, when the word nuclear was introduced to the conversation. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'll say like, how dare you introduce facts and logic and separation of powers to this equation? As far as Republicans are concerned, is Biden that ordered the Department? Yeah, of, and I, is again, Biden that ordered the FBI to go and do this now? Until to... the Democrats are ready, you're right. I, I mean, and this is the point. I just. I have to set out their limits because they then have to decide whether they want to start playing dirty. And that's no, ultimately that's, that's if they want to play the role, you know, they if if this was Trump, Trump would say the FBI went ahead and did something without my approval. Trump Trump would leave the FBI out to dry. Trump may even like fire some assist you know, some assist why did he fire um Comey again? What was the reason? Say Comey to play loyalty. To him, like, like exactly, he fired Comey for like a very flimsy reason. Essentially, and, there wasn't like, what I mean is like it wasn't a substantive work reason. It wasn't like Comey yeah. messed up a, a particular high-profile issue. He mm-hmm. just wanted to get his, you know, to be his boy. And Comey no, was no, like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm allegiant to the nation over you as an individual." So I, I, Biden's in a tight spot, but I think this is where Biden's. I think Biden, this is where his nature might help him out. Okay, because I think he's already seen as Sleepy Joe, all due respect to Mr. President. He's already seen as someone who's fairly no, no. non-reactionary. On, on, on the contrary, on the contrary, I, I strongly disagree. On the contrary, I don't think Biden really has anything to say or should no, say anything. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's not people don't expect people expect him usually to just sit back. That's what I'm trying to say. Like he, his his character means that. Beyond what beyond what people expect, I, I think it would be it's bad good. politically for Biden to say anything. I, I think the challenge and this and something that came up like there's this you know this guy Brian Butta that um, works for Crooked Media, um, talking about how like as you were getting as we were alluding to earlier, we, we might we might never know the full details of everything that is happening. We might never find out like what is in the documents and all of that. Yeah. What that presents is an information vacuum mm. and. It's whoever can flood the zone with the most shit. Yep. That now takes the kick, essentially. So by, by the time a narrative is set, regardless of whatever the facts are, do you understand? The narrative will take hold. And what some people on the left are saying is that even Democrats are being too are being too withdrawn. 
are being too reserved. So Chuck Schumer, who is the leader of the Senate, was you know on TV refusing to condemn Republicans, refusing to comment on this issue. Many Democrats have done the same thing. People are arguing that like even if Democrats don't want to say, oh, Trump should be in jail, right? If so, but they should at least you know go on the offense and push back against Republicans because Republicans are smearing the FBI, you know, are smearing them as Gestapo. To making us sort of like flimsy insinuations yes. and Democrats need to you know try and occupy the same like try and occupy the same type of like you know space that Republicans are currently occupying or move it as much aggression in terms of messaging basically I agree but I just don't think it's going to happen especially and that's why I said I made the point about Biden's character it's not in his nature to come out and make unnecessary statements. Mm. Just about gonna... the, party, the party itself has to do nah, Well, this is the problem. When you say the party, I just see Nancy Pelosi, to be honest. You know why? Because for me, I see her as the kind of, the head of the legislature, obviously. Mm. So in terms of the parliamentary party or the Senate, you know, the, 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 the legislative party, she is the head. Um, and from her, I think, She's probably part of those that were like, yeah, good that they, you know, because she's looking at it from the point of view. Okay, we've exposed this guy. He's he's has he's done all this weird stuff, but strategically, it's weak because, like, we've dissected here and we've said for a number of reasons politically, it was not the right move to make. And what do you actually gain? Like, what what do they like? Were they going to put him in jail? Like, he's not going to go to jail. Wait. So, like, the, the, what the benefits? There was no. To me, they didn't do a gap analysis, right? And there was no, there was no kind of, there was no, there was no mm. gap analysis to say, well, you know, what's our and and there was no yeah. worst case scenario, best case scenario. It was we just kind of like, some, oh, Trump, you know. Yeah, we're, we're getting some existential questions here because you know, just just push back first of first and foremost on the Nancy Pelosi thing. Nancy Pelosi actually even handled it well because she did what I was talking about. She pushed back on the Republican messaging. The challenge is that Republicans yeah, but that's are, in her nature. That's Republicans nice are unified. Nature. Republicans are unified. Yeah, they 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 have they're sending out their their minions and on on mass like Republicans were all over TV. So not just one person. Yeah, a message went out as a caucus to representatives in Congress and the Senate to you know like aside from the actual you know um legislators themselves actual people in government they have Republican operatives quote unquote. Whose job it is is to go on TV and but sell states, the states, man, what, what we're saying here, and this is the crux of what I'm saying: Who is going to rally the Democratic Party? Who is who? It's the president. Has to be. So, like, okay. and that's what I'm trying to say to you: Biden, by his very nature, and like you said, he's he's caution first. He's the kind of gentleman who's going to say, "Let the FBI do what they do. This thing has already happened. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to pour mm-hmm. fuel to the fire?" Biden mm-hmm. is not going to be this. He's not going to be AOC. He's not going to be out here, you know, taking to, taking the fight to them, appearing on MSNBC. He's not going yeah. to be on CNN talking to Van Jones or whatever that gentleman's name is. He's not going to be yeah. out here on these shows. That's not Biden. He's not going to send out the major Democratic goons to do that. So I think, unfortunately, you, your point... It flows, it flows downstream from that. It, you know, that's just the way it is. So if a portion of the party feels like they want to attack it, sure... They can, but they're not. Again, it's like the point you made. The Republicans have a caucus and they move en masse. The Democrats are yet to move en masse. And this is what a lot of parties left of centre fail to organise. It's the same in the UK with the Labour Party, right? We have an extreme situation right now with the cost of living crisis. 
fuel is high, electricity is high, gas is high, you know, basically it's going to go up 100% from what it was in January, in September. Mm. Where's the Labour Party? They've been strikes. We've had train strikes. We've had, we're going to have postal strikes next week. We're going to have, you know, uh, we've had the criminal barristers striking. So basically your public defenders, they strike because of lack of legal aid funding. So like, there's there's that's of a general strike. Where is the Labour Party? There's nobody from the Labour Party coming out because they want to win the centre votes. They want to win the swing votes. Mm. They don't want to come out and speak out against big business. They don't want to speak out against profiteering. And it's the same kind of thing where they think, mm. okay, if we're quiet and we don't rock the boats and we pander to that 30% that will always, you know, that, that would always decide where they want based on their personal interest to vote, we can win the next election. And that's what it comes down to because someone like Biden is probably thinking, well, you know, is it worth it? My base is my base anyway. They believe that Trump did something wrong, so I don't need to convince them. The Republicans, 30%, will always believe that Trump is right. They're very vocal, but they always believe Trump is right. If I mm-hmm. wait in, how would the middle 30% see me? Okay, you but see okay. me as an interventionist. No, person. no, wait. Let's you let's because no, because because you are, you 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 suggested earlier, you know, that it was a mistake to actually do this raid. You understand? Just just so I understand what you what, what you're suggesting. Is no, that no, like, I don't think it was a mistake. I think the way it was done, and without the knowledge, prior knowledge, apparently of the president, was a mistake. Yeah. No, okay, so, so the prior need of the president's one is, is kind of like standard because the, there's a separation of powers, basically. The president, for ethical reasons, the president cannot be aware... Beforehand. Of, yeah, 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 beforehand, no. Of, I, didn't know the, I don't know the opposite. I don't know the opposite. No, no, it, 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 it should be expected. It should be expected because, like, there should be that separation between the president and the executive. Does know, that apply the, to former... I thought, like, presidents and former presidents had like special whatever but anyway yes they have, they have they have access to intelligence that usually has to do with national security but in terms of like law enforcement there's a separation that has to exist between the president and the justice department yeah, yeah no, i know i know but, but yeah because that, justice they, they, has a skill and is wearing a blindfold do you understand i understand, like, I understand. The, the actual raid as in okay we're, we're going to Maralago at 7 30 four cars are coming from the southwest i'm not that, that i'm not disputing what i'm saying is the intelligence behind that. So there must have been a whole discussion in the case building phase. There yes. must have been like, somebody must have said to the president, National Archives are saying that docs are missing. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, so uh, I mean, the president doesn't need to know about any of that. And I think just to cover their own asses, just so, just so, because if, when it, if it's got nuclear in it, they'll surely, no, that no, would no, filter to the current NSA. When Republicans take over the, the house, or if they take yeah. over the house, there will be tons of investigations. So oh. just so just to cover their own asses, I can already, I can also see a scenario where they deliberately don't tell the president so that the president won't be lying when he says I don't know, I didn't know about this. You know, part, part no, of no, that's I get like your point. I'm just saying, like, surely there was discussions about like, oh, some documents are missing. There will be discussions surely. in the Justice Department. Right. Justice you don't Department, think they briefed they wouldn't have briefed the president. No, I don't think they briefed the president. Okay. Or I, or I believe, I'm not or I believe them when they say they didn't brief the president. Republicans don't believe because, because their argument is that, like, you know, this is a political hit job against Trump, of mm. which doesn't really make any sense because anybody with a cursory understanding of American politics knows that this kind of thing would actually, you know, redound to Trump's benefit, basically. Oh, um, 
And, uh, and so if Biden was trying to politically damage Trump, why would he do this? I think the reverse 5G chess explanation you hear for some, for some really bad faith Republicans is that Democrats want to purposefully elevate Trump because if the competition is Trump versus Biden, Biden wins that. Oh. But if it's Biden versus DeSantis or Biden versus Youngkin, so it's better for for Democrats in general if Trump is at the center of Republican Party. Right. I mean, and that, if Trump is, is popular. that is 5G. That is strategic. And, you know, if that is their plan, good on them for thinking about something, at least for once for, for them to have a plan for thinking <laughs> anyway is good. But again, you know, I, 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 I did that intelligent. I don't know. I, I think it's probably the truth is somewhere in between. It's where yeah. you're kind of going with the flow. Like the, 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 obviously, Trump is Trump. Like we've said, very, very, very popular gentleman, and ideas, yeah, ideas live long, and ideas, you know, stay strong. So, the idea of the man is still there, even though he's no longer in the in the White House. And yeah. I think we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, let's see what the FBI do with these charges, and let's see. That's, let's that's see what happens. Where that's where things you know because like jvl at the board basically believes that like the best possible outcome would have been for the doj to indict trump and therefore biden to immediately pardon him something that's what like i was what, trying to say to you something like what they did with nixon that's what i was just, trying to say to you but, pardon him think, immediately. but this is what this is exactly what i was saying though like biden should have then said listen you can indict him fine you've told me you've indicted him but this is not the best. Like, I don't think we're going to get anything out of this. But I don't think Biden is the type to think that. Um, no, Tonda no, no, will strike him literally. Like, if, if he does that, he, w- he would effectively like demoralize the left. Because, you know, when, when Nixon was pardoned, the country was in a different place then. Mm. Now, the level of polarization that exists... There's a high a level of, of polarization. A lot yeah. of people want to see the law pursued to its fullest extent. Yeah. But on the, on the other hand, the other side is crazy and they have fucking guns, basically. And, you know, they, they, are, willing, they are willing to pursue violence, like, you understand, as it means to their political ends. Mm. Um, and and that's, a, that's a good segue, you know, as as we as we get to the like later half of, of the podcast. Like speaking of people who are willing to pursue violence, um, you know, to achieve like their their political or ideological goals, um, it's unfortunate, you know, to, it was unfortunate to hear that Salman Rushdie, a very famous author and novelist, was stabbed brutally, mm. um, attacked, assaulted in New York. In New York, yeah. That has that left him having to rely on, I think, a ventilator and like I think he was stabbed in the eye or something like that. Yeah, I heard he was stabbed multiple times in the yeah. face and chest, I believe. Area. I think I think they've identified the assailant. Yeah, I think we've also seen some reports. Okay, so, so just as, as a matter of background, Salman Rushdie wrote a book that was considered sacrilege to you know the Islamic Republic. And wherever the Islamic Republic has, um, you know, fans or adherents, and so a fatwa was issued on Salman Rushdie. For those who don't know what a fatwa is, a fatwa is basically a contract when the city puts money on somebody's head. Um, if a contract was essentially put out publicly on Salman Rushdie for him to be killed, 
which is why you know he has he has lived his life largely in the West, and he has lived his life as an advocate for free speech and advocate for free expression. And yeah, substantive, for... substantial security. From yeah, he's lived his life with, with security, and you know, as a substantial like critic of of radical, um, you know, Islamic like ideology or terrorism. But it's possible clearly that you know he kind of everybody just kind of like like forgot. Moved on. Yeah, I mean, because like, really comfortable. I remember like being in secondary school and stuff. Like, and it was, you know, you, you kind of knew of him, you heard of him, um, and I think he lived some of his life in, I don't know if in the UK or yeah, he lived here yeah. for years or so. So, um, and obviously, from time to time in discourse um, throughout the years of kind of active terrorism in the West, should we say? So, from nine eleven to seven seven bombings in London to the Madrid bombings. It's all that time when there was a lot of active um, incursions. Mm. You know, he's kind of, he's speaking out against fundamentalism um, and extremism was, I guess, came back to the surface. So I do remember kind of learning about the fatwa on him and everything. I think, like you say, you know, obviously we've had, you know, years um, of kind of inactivity since then. Obviously, there's been a lot of action in Afghanistan, in, in Pakistan, in Syria as well. Mm. So kind of like, I think like you said, yeah, there's probably a sense of... It's not that people forgot, but it just went to... It just kind of fell back in terms of importance because mm. since then we've had a global pandemic. You know, we've had the rise of even even just before the he just he just wasn't in yeah in he just fell off yeah i don't he think he, off, yeah, yeah like... he just fell off kind of the public discourse so yeah i remember once i saw the name i was like oh yeah Salman Rushdie. and um obviously best wishes to him and his loved ones and you know we pray that he pulls so, through so, um, i mean so, so like a way this conversation has kind of like you know direct a direction this conversation has gone is a lot of a lot of critics of you know quote unquote wokeness or a lot of people who are more vocal about like the dangers or quote unquote cancel culture or yeah. that that believe that there is like you know the left or well I guess the free free speech but make yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah there's, there's the free speech warriors you know yeah. all these people a lot of them have been circling wagons around this idea that you know people who people who have you know like this argument of cancel culture versus consequence culture yeah or, or, or so there's this kind of idea circulating around that like people who have kind of like downplayed you know the the nature or the threat of quote unquote the threat to free expression that people claim to that people claim exists and are permitting our society basically those who like you know people like Barry Wise complete you know hack in my opinion um you know kathy young had this really distasteful um tweets you know talking oh. about michael hobbs and how he might be celebrating this so i mean do you think there is any anything to be reckoned with in terms of like this age that we are in now you know as regards like the climate of speech because someone Ross is somebody who was threatening for his speech and now was you know literally assaulted oh. uh, because of his because of his speech so, you know, do you think these people have a point about, like, the climate? You know, do you think 
anything, any wokeness thing created an environment that was favorable for getting some morality stuff. Firstly, I just it's, I, it's, I need to... argument, but I, I think we need to engage it. Firstly, I, I really, really despise the way work, the word work, has been turned yeah. and bastardized and abused and dis- misrepresented from what its intention was and what it meant to be enlightened, to be awake. Yeah, you're woken. Mm to be awake to issues that were considered not important, issues to do with the climate, to do with the fact that we all remember when they talk about the ozone layer and then all of a sudden that conversation died and it was all about recycling and using plastic um, paper straws, which I hate, by the way, um, mm. and trying to convince us that by an individual, lots of us individually doing one to two things, we could push back against oil spills in Ogoni land. We could push back against oil spills in, in the Bay of Mexico. We could push back against wholesale destruction and you know, plastics in the, in the ocean by the actions of individuals you know, buying green and organic items. It's just wrong. And I think the fact that people really need to use and critical thinking seems to be short in supply because how can you claim and it's, I hate when people refuse to use context. To say, it's one thing to speak without consequence. And that's what they want. They want speech without consequence. Nobody is saying you shouldn't have free speech. Mm. You can speak whatever you want, but your speech has consequence. You can speak funny stuff. People will laugh. You can yeah, speak... But, but somebody can argue that some arrest speech had consequence too. And... You can say that, but then ultimately, we have barriers as human beings. There are limits. And this mm. is the thing. People, there's no, there is no right that is inalienable. In, in, I, I always struggle with that word. Mm-hmm. There is no right because ultimately, there are rights which supersede others. There is something called the right to life. You cannot murder somebody because you disagree with what they say. However... What they say is bad and is terrible. You cannot murder someone. That's called a crime. But you can you fire them. Attempt... But you can fire them for their job from their job. You can't attempt to murder them. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we have this thing called strata. There are some consequences that are more serious than others. Being fired mm. from your job isn't the mm. same as attempted murder. No, like, yeah, so you're right. This is the reality. Right. Like at the end of the day, we really need to sit down and engage brains. Like. People need to sit down, think about their medulla oblongata. Think about it. Like, how? what's his purpose there? What is the purpose of this particular thing here? Let me engage. Don't just carry an argument because of emotion. I think this is one of the most dangerous things. Emotive thinking is now rife. It's rife. The idea that what you feel creates normality or gives credence to what let me is try real and... or to no, no, no. Yeah, you're going off now, so let me try and steal, man. No, 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 no. Let me try and steal. My soapbox. I, no, I need to address this because <laughs> I think this is at the crux of so many issues that we face nowadays. People's okay. reluctance to look at things from a big picture. Always take yourself out of these scenarios and look at the big picture. Somebody says something you don't like, sure. There's consequences for that, sure. But even in those consequences, there's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You cannot attempt to kill someone. That is a federal crime. That is a crime against their humanity. 
your right to be angry at their words is there. You can be angry. Go and do a Facebook post. Go and do a protest. You can even protest. You can even abuse the person. You can throw tomatoes at the person. You cannot stab them. You cannot me, try to no. kill them. Let me let me let me try and push back a bit and steal man what I think. Argument a better argument than that I've heard from people, but let me just try and steal man what I think the opposition is or what like your know, main argument is. It's an argument that the West, in quotes, you know, with its with its ideas of of liberalism, has made itself vulnerable essentially. So that when Salman Rushdie first, you know, when Salman Rushdie first came out and when all these issues first came out, there was a there was a, a reluctance to be as forceful as, as as we could be about the dangers of radical Islamic ideology or radical like Islamic terrorism, because many people were too worried about offending offending Muslims or about offending the sensibilities, the nice sensibilities of, of you know, um, people around them. And that, like, there is a certain, like, there's, like, a certain, like, soft, is a certain, like, softness at the underbelly of Western liberalism that makes it vulnerable to its own co- to contradiction, like, within its own, you know, I- I- ideologies. So you, you, want to, you want to be tolerant of of you know people and of different cultures but there's a way you can be tolerant to an extent that you know your, the tolerance ends up like coming back to bite you so yes. I, I think i think that's kind of what you know the argument is or the best version of the argument that i get it that, that, I get that, it. that well, we needed to create that we needed to create a more forceful repudiation of is of you know radical Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not Islamic ideology, and that they will say that the same thing is happening now. That we need to create a more forceful repudiation of things that are bad without hemming and hawing, even though, depending on the context of the situation, sometimes mm-hmm. hemming and hawing is is okay. Is look at look at let's look at Ukraine for example, okay? Mm. Because for days and weeks we were on this pod saying, hmm, "Are Russia going to invade?" It seems like Russia is going to invade. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh crap! Russia has invaded, and Russia was kept telling the US like, "Push me, just push me." It was telling the EU, "Push me a bit more, push me a bit more." The reality is, there are some of these harsh things in place, but there's also the reality of life in that we share this planet with one another. Our mm-hmm. dis- our different views of liberalism to fundamentalism to um, dictatorship to I love my people to I want to control my people is my best way of keeping them safe for example Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis I let them all go out and catch a virus right that's two extremes Mm -hmm. the beauty of this planet is that those things have to exist together and there's Mm -hmm. something called balance so when you're saying yes liberalism I, I, I can sort of on a theoretical point I can see that argument however it negates the context again Take yourself back to 1979. What happened in terms of in, 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 like in the Middle East? All those revolutions, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take yourself back to the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, again, in that similar period. Now, cast your mind forward to 2001. Cast your mind forward to the policies in place now. Think about what it used to be like when we used to fly, right? When mm. you used to fly before... 
and now what flying is like now, right? Yeah. Think about all the policies you have in place for public transport. Think about all the policies that you have in place for passport renewal. Think about all the policies that you have in place for, um, for what? Is yeah, it? they're all they're all safety measures basically. There, this this is what I'm trying to say. There are some proportionate responses. Now, if we're talking about the idea of free speech, now, ultimately, what it comes down to is. You can either take the high ground, say, I am a paragon of virtue, I am the liberalist um, liberator, I am the democratic savior, I am, you know, putting my boots in Afghanistan in the name of democracy for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to help Afghanistan, right? You can say you're doing that. But the reality on ground is that there are those who will always have different ideas. There are those who always want their countries run in a different way. So yes, you no. cannot use. But, my so, but some, ideas are, some ideas are bad now. No, like, no, some ideas because, are bad. But what I'm trying to say yeah. is that you cannot always use their standards to judge yourself. You must have your own standards. You cannot say, I'm going to destroy liberalism because I need to be as autocratic as those guys over there. You can't. What is the point then in us having a different set of values? If you're just going to kowtow, and say, okay, we must be as autocratic as they are. No, no, I don't think I don't think you're addressing. I don't think you're addressing. The no, no, no. If, no, no. Think about it. Think about it. Because essentially, what they're trying to say is, we should be. I said, what are they trying to say? Have, have, has the life of Muslims in the West not been made more difficult because of the actions of the terrorists? It has. Yes, these are the tensions that. that no, it has. What else do yeah. they want? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, where do they want to push it? Do you want us to go Middle East style and then everybody that says something anti-Christian, should we deal with, because I see a lot of jokes about Christianity, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stand-up comedy, for example, that wouldn't run in the West. Okay, no, one one example that has come up Uh a lot, one one, one example that has come up a lot is Charlie Hebdo, the Charlie Hebdo situation, basically. Um, Some people are saying that that there were progressives who might have suggested Or explain the way, like, oh, why are you making fun of, of you know, Muhammad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Islam? Not going as far as saying you deserve this to happen to you, but that like any any quarter given, you know, any explanation, any attempt at so so you know, in, in, you, had, you had you had this attempt like during terrorist attacks to explain that like oh you know there's like an epidemic of which is a very you know, there's a long if you pull one thread. The point I'm trying to say, no, do we do we do we put all Muslims who just happen to be Muslim? This is what I'm trying to say, and this is that that was what the point of what I was trying to draw out to you. In terms yeah, of, yeah. At some no, point, you. you have where you point yourself as the Messiah of the world. I am America, the world police. Look at me, I have all my my warships everywhere. You can't. I'm spreading the gospel of democracy. You can't then turn around and say I'm as autocratic as you, and I am not going to because then the people won't buy your message. Which yes, is no, starting but to then, happen. but then, but then, but then, but then, conservatives will argue that that's the reason why everybody should be grateful that they're in America instead of talking about how bad America is and how you know America is like racist or something. So like, there 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 are lots of tensions that exist. You know, there are lots of tension that exists, and I, and I feel like one day we should have this argument about um, different systems and you know the merits of one idea versus the other. Because yeah, the Chinese, no, because what... the Chinese will tell us 
now we tell the West that you people are very stupid. Like this is your system where everybody has a say. This was why I was mentioning. I was I was kind of I didn't want to say mention anything to do with the CCV, but for example, the yeah, idea of, I was watching a show, I was watching a show called Devils, right? And Devils, mm-hmm. Devils, for those who haven't watched it, is basically like a bit of billions. Um and the latest season has kind of like been all about really about the effects of COVID, but from a financial point of view and kind of essentially predictive models and Brexit and predictive models vis-a-vis Brexit and COVID and kind of benefiting off that and the idea of kind of reading the word backwards, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a bank which has a Chinese element, I think it's called Chinese, New York, whatever. It's before the crash, the Brexit kind of, there was a policy called China America, which is about trying to bring China and America closer, right? And I think mm-hmm. in real life, that kind of shit as well, because there was rising yeah, 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 yeah. and everything. But obviously, once Trump came in, tariff, but war started and all that kind of stuff, and they've kind of diverged again since COVID. It was interesting, because COVID, in China, China was like, we're going to protect our people. We're going to restrict your movement. We're going to monitor you. And part of one of the kind of financial products, not as part of the show, is something that predicts human movement and was about, basically, this was like in 2015 on the show, it mm. was kind of predicting data collection as a next, like data mining, mm. you know, tracking people's behaviors. It was a great way that China was able to regulate its, its population during COVID, right? And I was looking at that and I was like, that's fundamentally two different ideologies, isn't it? China says, I'm going to keep as many of my people alive even if they don't want to be kept, like, I'm going to keep you alive <laughs> by, by, by force, essentially. Mm. I'm going to mass, this is what, I'm just, I'm simplifying the argument. I'm mm. going to spray all the public places. We're going to bring you food at home. You can't leave your house. We're going for zero COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have, like, Mr. Johnson over here, who was, like, basically let the disease pass to the population. Like, capitalism go wild. So, or in ATL, where they had, like, a two-week lockdown. So, it's just those two sides of... Yeah, but the, 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 authority, the authority that China has to do that kind of thing doesn't start and stop with COVID. Aha. Uh-huh. And, yeah, that, yeah, and that's yeah, the context. And that's the context. And that's what I'm saying, that you cannot... It's a disingenuous argument for a conservative in rural um, New Jersey, in Buffalo, or, or even in North, North Carolina... With the uniqueness, with the with the 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 environment in America, to say, well, you know, we should restrict this particular group of people, their movement. I mean, it already happens, and this is what I was trying to allude to. There are already policies in place. There's a shadow ban on certain people from doing certain things. No, it's wait, 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 it's not about it's not about restricting movements. Again, it's not about restricting movements. It's like what I was saying. Is like with, with what I was getting at too, like with you know, with extremists, Islamic extremists, the idea that people were trying to explain that, like, oh, you know, there is there's poverty in these places, poverty leads to radicalization. Yes. And, and what, what, what I was getting at with the thread is that, like, nobody wants to hear that when it comes to white supremacist terrorism. No, 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 no nobody wants to. White people always, when, when it comes to white people doing, you know, terrorist acts, they try to explain that, oh, um, you know, there's poverty, economic hardship is what um, loneliness. But when it comes to Islamic terrorists, oh, it's the radical ideology, it's the culture. But when it comes to whiteness, you know, it's it, it must be a lone 
crazy person or there are other socioeconomic factors. Um, so yeah, like it's 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 difficult. There are lots of of contradictions, but you know we have a lot of time, and that's why we're here to argue. Um, I my point, my final point on is Tower of Babel was was enacted for a reason. There's a reason why people and you know I'm a great student of history. I love my politics and. More and more, I look at anthropology as well. And I really do look at like, what differentiates one from another. What makes the Shakiri different from Yoruba to Kanuri, to Hausa? What is the differentiating factor from people who live 50 kilometers from another? From the man from south, from Alabama to Mexico, Culture. across the border to California. What determines difference? What determines individuality? And that is, at the end of the day, to try and create homogeneity, there are some societies where it's easier to do, for example, like Japan, where you're just so isolated, right? Or the island of Nauru in the Pacific. But where you are an immigrant-based country, a lot of white Americans are of German descent, Italian descent, British descent, Scottish descent, Irish descent, Italian descent. Did I say Italian twice? Sicilian descent, mm -hmm. right? Really and truly, what gives you the right to police? And that's ultimately where that idea is. Now, the world is looking at their idea and saying, well, maybe this idea you've propagated isn't the number one idea. Yeah, like you have to be able I'm to not saying some of, those, ideas some of the competing ideas are abhorrent yeah. for me. They're regressive. <laughs> for someone of my education, for someone of my enlightenment, yeah. for me, some of them are barbaric. But what gives us the right to say our idea is better than theirs? What justice standard? What standard of, of no, no? I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. This is how they're saying. You, you're, you're Mr. Stillman, all right? Okay. I, I, let me be Iron Man, right? They, they, <laughs> they are looking at it as well because this is the thing. Like I think sometimes when people, because I watch a lot of shows about you know, SEAL Team this and you know going to liberate and going Jalalabad and this that, and the other. I'm like, what do you think the locals see? when they see these army guys come in. Like, has everyone ever stopped to think? Like, hmm. This, this is a loaded, this is a loaded conversation. But we, I, th I think, I think, you know, we're talking about competing ideas, competing thoughts and um, views of the world. And we'll definitely need to touch on this. Um, yeah, this is a loaded, <laughs> it's a loaded, because it, like I said, if you pull one thread, like our entire system of, of living as a society or as like a, a species just uh, might, might fall apart. Uh, how, how do you start evaluating one versus the other? It's power now. Like I'm listening to you talk. It's power now. It's, uh -huh. it's that's, the, that's, the history. The, history is written by he who wins the war. Yeah, Victor but, but, decides. But, but they, are, they are objectively they are objectively bad ideas. Do you understand? So before, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah, no, don't yeah. get me wrong. They're terrible. They're bad. They're regressive. I said that already. But yeah. at the end of the day, you sh you should. Uh, there's no acknowledgement. There's no. It's like a. There's no, there's no kind of, um, there should be an acknowledgement that, oh, we're propagating this because of this, 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 this. I think what you have right now is sometimes it kind of, you know, oh, these mm -hmm. ideas are good because they're good or because we are good people. What makes you good? What makes you good? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good and question. On that note... Yeah, it's one, one we'll have to come back to. Uh, this, this, was, this was spicy. Um, on that note, we'll, we'll leave you guys to 
to enjoy your weeks. Um, if you have classified documents in your office, try not to take them home with you. <laughs> take uh, them back. Take them back to the office before you get it's, home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been real. Uh, catch you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Share, like, comment. Thanks.